Thank you for listening, but please, please, please enter my contest. Please? There are lots of easy ways to get entries. Just do one easy thing for one entry, or take the time to do several easy things for several entries. The following will also be posted on the social medias. Rate the show on iTunes for an entry. An additional entry if you comment when you rate on iTunes. Like the prize package photo or the prize announcement post and get an entry for each like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Share the prize package photo or the prize announcement post and get up to three entries for sharing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Comment under the Where Are You From post, which is going to go up the same day, and get up to three entries for commenting on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Not on social media? Send me an email at livingthroughextinction at gmail.com and put contest entry in the subject line. If you could find it in your heart to do just one of these things, I will appreciate you more than I can express. Moving on, please be advised that I hold no degrees in the topics I cover for the show. Use critical thinking and skeptical inquiry to look into things for yourself and let me know if I get something wrong, especially if it's an area you specialize in. Please also be advised that I do swear and I don't take the time to bleep it out. So listener discretion is advised. And this is episode 61 of Living Through Extinction, a short, to-the-point podcast with science, skepticism, environment, wildlife, and ways we as people can be better for future generations. If you have joined me before, then thank you so much for returning. If this is your first time listening to Living Through Extinction, welcome. But please understand that what follows is not the normal format of the show. Hi, y'all. I am not in a good place right now. The things that I was going to talk about for episode 61 just don't seem to matter all that much anymore. I won't be tossing my notes or anything, so I'll still talk about them eventually. Hopefully next episode, if I can get my head together by then. It, it's just so hard not to be distracted when the future of my kids and so many family and friends I care about who are LGBT and women in general is likely to be one filled with oppression. Don't tell me I'm overreacting. Every prediction I made when Trump was elected came true. No, I'm not psychic. I'm observant, however, and I've been following religious-based injustices in the U.S. for over 15 years. I'm aware of the thousands of hate preachers out there with their super anti-Semitic and homophobic views spit out without shame for the whole world to see, and how they've been striving for and winning positions of power. Give him a chance, people said of Trump. This was after he had installed a climate change denier as head of the EPA, and an MLM heiress who never stepped foot in a public school in her life in charge of public schools. How was what was to come not obvious to everyone at that point? I will never understand how people can be so naive. I was told by one guy to relax, Nobody was going to lose any rights. That's ridiculous. Gay marriage was fixed in place, as was Roe versus Wade. 
I had another guy tell me I was ridiculous to worry about it because it would never affect us here in Canada. I knew they were wrong. I started my first skepticism sites on Facebook and Instagram called Science History and Religion Oh My. I know. Long name. It was 2016. I barely know what I'm doing with social media now. Imagine how lost I was then. I, I think I have a Twitter under that one too, but it doesn't have the following that the Facebook and Instagram have. When I was asked, why bother? My response was that there was so much bullshit and negativity and hate happening that anyone and everyone with anything positive to say who could put it out into the world has a responsibility to do so. By positive, I mean pro-humanism, pro-actual living autonomous human beings before anything else. If the preacher's talking about how it's great news that all those gays were killed in that nightclub and too bad more of them didn't die, are the only ones on social media and nobody is there to challenge them, this slope we're slipping down now will go a lot faster. That was Pastor Roger Jimenez of Verity Baptist Church, by the way, talking about the Orlando Massacre. I'm sure I mispronounced his name just now, but I hold zero respect for this guy, so I really don't care. I started just putting together skeptical statements about things people were misinformed about and made images with them to post. Since the podcast started, I have not been as dedicated to those sites, and I do apologize to the followers for that. It's so much harder to find the time to keep up the podcast sites and create content for these ones. It sure would be nice if I could convince all of those followers to follow the podcast sites, but no luck with that so far. Can sites be combined? I wonder if I can combine them. That's probably not possible, but I should look into it. And why am I thinking about that now in the middle of talking about the world falling apart? See how quickly I get distracted? I never could have done a proper episode this week. When the podcast started with Jason in 2020, I liked the idea of Living Through Extinction as a name because though Jason wanted a climate change show, I felt like Living Through Extinction didn't just cover that, but so many other things going on in the world at that time as well. I'd spent the last four years watching LGBT rights be taken away, watching adoption rights becoming discriminatory, while you were all there. You know what happened from 2016 to 2020. White nationalist rallies, the return of propaganda, people falling for said propaganda, a complete decline in skepticism, and an acceptance of the absolutely absurd. I was sure it was all going to lead to our end, or at the very least, the end of our democracies. Of course, it all goes together because the extinction of democracy and return of theocracies gives us leaders who truly believe that only their God can affect our climate and only God can hurt the world, which means nobody will be working towards mitigation, which really will lead to our eventual extinction if we throw science out the window and embrace conspiracy theories instead. I do actually have some notes here, so I don't forget some things I want to make sure to talk about. This is already all over the place. I promise, if this is your first listen, the show is usually more organized and formatted than this. I just haven't been able to focus right lately. Hey, didn't I say in the last episode that poor mental health can lead to poor concentration? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so devastatingly sad for so many people who are going to be hurt and who will absolutely die. It's the hardest when all you want to do is help people but there really is nothing you can do for anybody. Anyway, before I get distracted again, I want to make sure to talk about Dr. Jessica, someone who also wants to help, but whose hands are tied in so many ways. 
She's an abortion doctor in Texas who appeared on episode 623 of Cognitive Dissonance. I tweeted the episode encouraging people to listen, and I still highly recommend it. This is someone who is witnessing the harm firsthand, and she is very well-spoken and incredibly informed. One of the most profound observations she made is that while she expected to see less abortions happening in the state as of September when Texas enacted its initial restrictions, it was actually the opposite. Immediately, as of September 1st, she had women coming in who weren't sure if an abortion was what they really wanted to do. But in a week or two, the entire choice was going to be taken away from them. So they get the abortion. More than one confided that they would rather regret an abortion than regret birthing a child. So there were people rushing to get abortions who may have actually chosen to go through with the pregnancies because of the severely limiting law. Not that that matters anymore now that it's outright outlawed, I guess. But yes, the initial heartbeat law, as they called it, resulted in an immediate increase in actual abortions. There was one patient Dr. Jessica had who was being very seriously harmed directly from her pregnancy. She was going into complete kidney failure, and all this poor doctor could tell her was, get out of state now. Her hands were tied. But with no help, there's a good chance this woman and her baby will die. Dr. Jessica once had a woman in her office who had birthed a child with a horrible and rare syndrome where they're born without a head. It is detectable in the womb. She had already gone through this once. She birthed her baby and watched them die, and it devastated her. She had just found out that the baby currently in her womb had the same developmental issue and was there to see Dr. Jessica because she did not think she could mentally go through that again. If a woman comes to Dr. Jessica with this same issue today, she will be forced to tell her, too bad, you have to carry your headless baby to term, give birth to them, and watch them die. It's absolutely cruel and unnecessary. It's shameful coming from a supposed civilized country. Jesus, it's my understanding that Saudi Arabia has more lenient abortion laws than Texas right now. The law commands Dr. Jessica to make certain statements, one of which is completely untrue. She must say, abortion raises the risk of breast cancer, which it does not. But the good part is that there's no law stopping her from following that up with, but that is not proven by science. It's still so wrong that she's being forced to say something that she knows to be untrue in the first place. Talk about totalitarianism. Forcing her to say what everyone knows is untrue. How is that not totalitarianism? Freedoms be damned, man. Texas is now where Ireland used to be. If not for the very publicized death of Dr. Savita Halapanavar, Ireland might never have come out of that. Is that what it's going to take here? Publicizing the deaths that occur as a result? And I have to realize that not everyone is going to know Dr. Halepanavar's story. I'm unusual in my following of these things. So in case this is new to you, here is her horrific story of finding herself in the theocratic nation Northern Ireland once was. This poor couple. They weren't even Irish, if I recall correctly. They were travelers. She became very ill and ended up in a hospital in Ireland. 
The doctors informed her that her baby was going to be lost, and she was devastated. The doctors told her and her husband that the loss was inevitable and impending. As she became more and more ill, both she and her husband repeatedly asked for the pregnancy to be medically terminated. She was getting weaker and sicker, and it was for sure that the baby wasn't going to survive anyway. But there was still a fetal heartbeat, which means nothing, by the way. It's just a three milliliter cluster of cells putting off electrical pulses. But it's fun for new parents to hear it and think of it as a heartbeat, so doctors go with it. Ask your doctor what it really is the next time you go for an ultrasound, and he'll tell you. Anyway, this poor couple were repeatedly told, this is a Catholic country, and we don't do that here. So, because of the meaningless fetal heartbeat, Rather than terminate the pregnancy, the doctors forced this couple to let nature take its inevitable course. Over the next week, she deteriorated very quickly, before everyone's eyes, until she died with her baby inside of her from septicemia. There is no doubt that if they would have medically terminated the pregnancy as soon as it was deemed to be non-viable, she would have recovered and had more babies in the future as she wanted very much to be a mom. What about those kids, by the way, those kids that never got to be born, why don't they matter? Why don't my kids matter? If I had not had an abortion 30 years ago, things would have gone very differently. And I never would have had the amazing two kids that exist today. Why don't they matter? Why is that cluster of cells from 30 years ago more important than these two amazing people who exist now? And why don't women matter? Abortions are going to be had no matter what the laws say. Women will just die from them now. Unsafe abortions already kill more than 47,000 women a year, and another 5 million are hospitalized from complications. So now with the U.S. jumping in with the legal abortions, this is going to go up a lot. Actually, correct that. Women with access to money will be fine. Republican men will continue to get their mistresses' abortions because they will be able to pay for the care and the discretion. Let's just be honest here. It's the poor woman who will be more likely to die. Such a crooked fucking setup. And you know what's also crooked? This obsession with talking about late-term abortion and after-birth abortions. Yes, I said that. You must remember when Trump said that they take the baby from its mother, wrap it in a blanket, the mother kisses it goodbye, and the doctor takes it away to kill it. Yeah, that's not a fucking thing happening, you fucking idiots. And late-term abortions are very rare. Yet since that day, there are plenty of politicians who talk about abortion like people are going in nine months and deciding, nah, I changed my mind. It's simply not a truth. Period. Today in Texas, and in a few years probably the entire U.S., abortions are not allowed. Period. It doesn't matter if you were raped or abused or if there's a serious anomaly, and it's absolutely known that the baby will not survive. It doesn't matter if you are a child who may not be physically grown enough to go through the process of giving birth. The women and girls don't matter to them. Only their power over those women and girls. And of course, the same people forcing them to give birth refuse to help them in any way after the child is born. They are the same ones who fight against all forms of aid or parental leave. They call themselves the party of parents. Yeah, right. No party has ever been as dangerous to children and families in North America than today's Republican Party. And of all the places for abortion to be illegal, the U.S. is the worst. Why? 
Well, here are a few facts. You can confirm these easily for yourselves. The Texas maternal mortality rate is 10 to 20 times more than the rest of the country. Infant mortality at childbirth in the U.S. as a whole lands 33rd out of 36 OECD countries. And out of the 20 wealthiest nations in the world, when it comes to infant mortality at childbirth, the U.S. ranks dead last. Even in places where it's generally safer to give birth, it's 10 to 12 times safer to have an abortion than it is for a woman to give birth to a child. Giving birth is dangerous. Granted, not for everyone, there are women for whom it's a snap. Good for them, but even they should have the right to not do it. Christians and Republicans will tell you otherwise, but the truth is that regret of abortion is very, very, very rare. The most common emotion after an abortion is relief, and most women go on to have children when they're ready to offer them a better life. Again, why can't those future kids be the ones that matter? I see it as being because religion is being abused to control the masses. Jesus, they're trying to change the fucking history books for crying out loud. Even Germany teaches about the Holocaust. What the fuck is wrong with America? The whole point of the creation of this country was to escape fucking theocracies, and now they want the history books to say otherwise. A few more facts that you can easily confirm? The whole in God we trust thing wasn't added to U.S. currency until June of 1955, and the whole purpose was to separate the U.S. from godless communists. Remember when they all hated communists and dictators? The good old days, am I right? The Pledge of Allegiance didn't have got added to it until June of 1954. This was intended to be a secular statement. So the rise of Christianity in the U.S., the way we think of it today, began less than 100 years ago in the 50s. Less than 70 years ago, actually. If I actually do math. It's moving much faster now, though. Trump came in and saw to that. This whole using the Bible to get what they want is even more absurd to those of us who have actually read it. Of the more than 600 laws of Moses in the Bible, abortion is never even mentioned. You know what is mentioned? Eating shellfish and wearing mixed threads, which most, if not all, of these people do. Most eat shellfish and all wear mixed threads. I fucking guarantee it. If they really were going by the Bible, then these would be way higher up on their list of priorities to annihilate. They are so full of bullshit. And they know it. They don't actually care what's in the Bible. It's just a tool to use to brainwash and control those who believe and who also don't read the fucking Bible. They're counting on that. They're counting on the people who follow them to just believe whatever people tell them is in the Bible. Today, hate preachers are running for office and winning. People already in office are fucking witch-calling. The U.S. is quickly becoming exactly what it used to fight wars against. Exactly what it was created not to be. Exactly what it was created to escape. If it can happen there, it can happen here. The theocrats make up bullshit things to get the naive masses upset and cause chaos. What the U.S. is doing right now it's the same. It's the same thing that happened in the Middle East. Theocrats started to gain positions of power. When they got there, they slammed all the news sources that reported accurately on them. Sound familiar? This began in the U.S. in 2016 and continues today and has started to spread here in Canada as well.
In the Middle East, they said the same things about the theocrats they put into power as the Republicans have been saying about the religious judges that they put into power. They make the claims. Oh, they will abide by the law. They won't change anything. They won't let their beliefs interfere with their judgments. Their backgrounds don't matter. Past choices don't matter. They will be good for the country. Same words. Less than 10 years later, they were no longer free in any way. They were a theocracy under Sharia law. The same methods are working in the U.S. right now, right before our eyes. And Canada will be next. Say goodbye to rights and freedoms, people. I do apologize for such an unformatted, disorganized, and somewhat depressing episode. Thankfully, I already recorded the introductions and goodbyes for this in the next one because of the contest, so at least I don't have to worry about those. If you stuck with me through this whole thing, I really fucking appreciate you. Next episode, I intend to have all the segments again, I promise. Until then, fuck the patriarchy. And don't forget to be skeptical, dammit. Thank you for listening. May your health and sanity be replenished daily. My eternal gratitude goes out to the following people. Jason Martin for helping me get started on this project two and a half years ago. I wouldn't be doing this right now if not for him. Kathy Rayner for her musical contribution on the violin. Paul Palmer for his musical contribution on the guitar. He can be found at WPG Suitcase Drummer on Instagram or playing live with Toad Turner. Dustin Harder for composing and recording the new intro and outro for the show. You can find him on Facebook at Toad Turner The Chronicles, Instagram at Prairie Soul Music, or see him playing live with Toad Turner. And finally, thank you to my family who puts up with me hiding in my bedroom, reading articles, and making notes for hours at a time so that I can actually do this podcast thing that I really enjoy. I hope you will choose to join me again in two weeks for episode 62 of Living Through Extinction. If you enjoy Living Through Extinction and would like to support the show, Please, please, please enter the contest. There are lots of ways to get entries. Just do one easy thing for one entry or take the time to do several easy things for several entries. For each of the posts mentioned, I will either be reposting them regularly or pinning them to the top if I can figure out how. Each of the following actions will get you an entry. Rate the show on iTunes for an entry. An additional entry if you comment when you rate on iTunes. Like the prize package photo or the prize announcement post and get an entry for each like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Share the prize package photo or the prize announcement post and get up to three entries for sharing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Comment under the where are you from post and get up to three entries for commenting on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Not on social media? Send me an email at livingthroughextinction at gmail.com and just put contest entry in the subject line. So many easy things you can do, and I will be forever grateful if you do just one. Please? Okay, I'll stop now.